Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by Storylines, a podcast from women in film and television Alberta. Storylines highlight some of our province's most successful women in film and television, both behind the camera and in front of it. Host Sheena Rossiter shares more about what to expect from this podcast. I'm Sheena Rossiter, the host of Storylines, a podcast brought to you by women in film and television Alberta. It's a podcast for filmmakers by filmmakers, but it's also a podcast for film and television lovers. We've been speaking with some of the most successful women in film and television with links to Alberta, and we'll hear about everything from how they got their start in the industry. I was writing before I could even spell. I think it's in your blog. To getting a behind-the-scenes look at some of their best projects. Oh, yeah, it was really difficult to get broadcasters on board. And hearing about some of the obstacles they faced along the way. We're making waves, but there's still some barriers to power and access that we're still facing. These stories of determination and persistence are the storylines that make up these women's careers. Join me, Sheena Rossiter, as we hear from some of the brightest minds in film and television from in front of and behind the camera. Subscribe now to Storylines wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, follow your storylines. We can't wait to see where they lead. Find Storylines right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it at wifta.ca. That's W-I-F-T-A dot C-A. So a bit of a heavier chapter last episode, Yep. Uh, but this one doesn't quite deal with quite so uh, sensitive a topic. This one has uh, a reveal in it, which I found very relieving. Yeah, we like, finally learned some stuff. Yeah, if, if I had read these two chapters back to back, there would have been the, the heightened tension, right? The, the high emotions and then the release afterwards. Yeah. So the answers made me feel good. Does that make sense? This is definitely a bit of a breather chapter, though, I mean, it does hit us with some revelations. Oh, yeah, some good info that we've been itching for for a while. Yeah. And, of course, uh, this does come right off the heels of Chapter 11, where we had a little visit with Flora's parents, the Tillotsons. Yes. And uh, learned some unfortunate and tragic news about baby Georgina, uh, who apparently did not make it after only a few months. And that prompted some... uh, Sensitive conversation on our end, and yes. uh, and a bit of a content warning for that episode. But this feels were had indeed. But this episode is going to be a little bit lighter in subject matter, at the very least, uh, as we segue into Chapter Twelve of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna. So after a long several chapters afield, Beth has finally returned home. <laughs> I I started my notes on this chapter with Beth in the bath. 
Yeah. She's having a enjoyable lavender scented bath in the dark <laughs> to like... help de-stress after her, her day of ups and downs and revelations and mm-hmm. clues. Jinkies! Yeah, she's a real thing for lavender, we learn. Yeah, and just, also... Just like your mom. Also a real thing for not sleeping, uh, as it's creeping up on midnight and she still hasn't actually had a good night's sleep. No, but she is relaxing, which I think is a healthy step, maybe? Yeah, who knows? Maybe she'll actually have a good night's sleep tonight. As she sits in the bath... I'm not counting on No, this. neither am I. Dom knocks on the door and comes in to talk. Apparently, they, they haven't really had the chance yet since she came home. She told him she needed some time to kind of work through some stuff. She went and sent some emails to some of her clients, finally got in the bath. Now the kids are off in bed, and, and Dom is like, now is the time to have a talk. Yes. <laughs> Late at night, after lengthy days, when she's full of ennui. Perfect. Well, I mean, when else is he going to have a chance to talk to her? Probably she'll be up at 5 a.m. and out the door again. Quite possibly. So this is the appropriate time. It's very true. Dom opens up with basically his usual suggestion to her regarding this mystery. Please stop. Yes. <laughs> that is his suggestion all of the time forever. Uh, and, and his argument right off the top is sound. I mean, he's had all day to think about it. Uh, the Braids haven't been their friends in 12 years. They've been lying to them and fobbing them off, as he puts it. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that means they don't want Beth to learn what's happening in their lives, and that's fine. And moreover, this is starting to affect their lives. Like, Xana spent the day not working on her schooling and getting day drunk. Uh, Beth has started to let down customers by going off on these day-long tangents. Uh, it's it's not going well, and it's starting to affect their family. Yes. Even if something is going on with the braids, he's like, it doesn't have to be our concern. It's not our concern. It's time to drop this. This It's his very roundabout way of saying, Beth, take the hint, right? Like, they clearly don't want you knowing anything. They don't want you involved. Maybe let it go. Yeah. Before A, things get really out of hand in our lives, and B, maybe some harm comes to you from this. Yeah, not the first time that he's hinted that, like, there may be something untoward mm-hmm. going on that, that could be dangerous. Beth has finally come to the point where she's willing to agree, but conditionally. It is a conditional surrender. She says, I want one more day to look into this. Yeah. Which is, like, I, I got even from reading it. That was her way of mollifying Dom at this moment. Yeah, it's going to be one more day that leads to just one more day. Yeah. And then just, just one more day. Just one more day beyond that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I mean, Dom, I think, even sees through it a little bit because his knee-jerk reaction is, no, <laughs> you need to drop it now. No more one more days. Yeah. But then he's finally like, all right, clearly you're going to go off and do this anyway. Well, her- you're going to wake up at 4 a.m. and leave the house while I'm asleep and go on this another day-long adventure anyway, so what would this one more day entail? Yeah, her her one more day is that she wants to take this to the police. Basically, yeah, she wants to go to the police in Huntington. Dom isn't exactly certain why, because he's like, you, you have no proof of criminal activity going on. Like, yeah, sure, okay, maybe something weird is going on, but we don't know anything criminal is taking place. We don't know anything illegal is taking place. Yeah, that's just it. Suspecting people of lying to you, even if you can prove that they're lying to you, isn't necessarily criminal. No. Right? It's, you know, possibly unethical, maybe a little immoral, but those things are not illegal. Yeah. And they're not criminal, so there's not much the police can do about it. Beth counters that someone is working real hard 
to pull one over on us. And that that implies to me, at the very least, that there's that they're trying to hide something dark or sinister. And Dom is like four people, Lewis, Flora, Kevin and Jeanette aren't exactly a vast criminal conspiracy. Like, this is no. not a cabal of <laughs> of evil. This is not a vast network yeah. of, of underground here. Um, and Beth says, okay, look, I may never be satisfied if I don't get the answers that I want, but I'm willing to drop it if I at least feel like I've done everything I could to help if there's something going on in the Braid household, especially for the kids, both the teens in Florida and the impossible kids at Whittier Lane. I don't mean to sound cynical when I say this, but based on everything we've had from Beth up until this point, mm -hmm. this feels like one of those, won't someone think of the children arguments. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? I think she's using that as an excuse to keep going. Oh, absolutely. And as you said, I'm like... not convinced that she's genuinely concerned for these children. Well, I take that back. She might be genuinely concerned for these children, but I don't think that's her driving motivation. No, her driving motivation is that she's burning to find out what happened. She's, I think you're right. She's using the excuse of, I believe there's something going on with the children to make it seem more noble than it actually is. Because right? it's just her her guilt and her burning curiosity that's driving her If there her were on. no children involved, if we weren't concerned about any child welfare at all, I think she would still keep going. Right? Oh, for sure. She's just found a, an excuse to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Dom, for his part, isn't convinced that there's something wrong. And Beth is like, how could there not be? The impossible kids are the spitting image of young Thomas and Emily, as I remember them. So they must be Flora's children. Dom kind of is like, so there's a logical chain of events here. After Georgina died, Flora had two more kids and also named them Thomas and Emily. And Beth is the one who's like, now that's crazy talk. Nobody does that. <laughs> yes, Beth. Dom is the crazy one. Here. Yeah, Dom is rightly like, but obvious if you're if what you saw is true and everything that's happened has happened, then clearly that is what has happened. Georgina died, she had two more kids, she also named them Thomas and Emily. Just when we were thinking maybe Beth is starting to see reason, she reveals that she still doesn't believe in the teenagers in Florida. <sighs> and is convinced that the impossible kids are the real Thomas and Emily. Really, Beth? You think that Lewis hired actors to play his own teenage children? Teenage children, that, by the way, when she saw them on Instagram, was like, yeah, no, those are definitely Thomas and Emily all grown up. So he built an Instagram account years ago. And Twitter accounts. And, a twi and Twitter accounts, just in case... Someone would ever try to find him and his kids? And he's... Specifically Beth? And he's hired two young actors to play those children mm -hmm. for all these years. Forever. Who happen to look a lot like his children. Just grown in up. case Beth... Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It seems so far-fetched and crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> Dom is rightly like, no, no, Beth, hear me out on this. <laughs> That's the crazy talk. That is the crazy situation. I'm sure in his head he's doing a lot of... Ugh. I mean, that's certainly what's going on in your head. <laughs> Absolutely. Beth does have at least one salient point, and that is, what if Georgina didn't die and they're lying to the Tillotsons? What if she died and Lewis and Flora had two other children who are named the same as the older two? Either way, a group of adults is working really hard to lie to the world about some kids, either a kid or multiple kids, and that doesn't sound like a safe and happy household. Hence, her thesis something 
must be up and the children may be in harm's way. They may be imperiled. Possibly. Again, it is a noble cause. It still sounds like an excuse for Beth to keep digging. Yeah. And and Dom is like, well, if you're going to call the police in Huntington anyway, or shouldn't you be calling the police in Florida as well? She's like, well, the Huntington police can do that if they think something's up. And this is the point where Dom, as you say, is like, then why bother? The police aren't going to do anything. You have no proof of criminal activity. You have your suspicions. And the police are going to take one look at you and go, meh. She doesn't even have any specific suspicions. No. She has general something is wrong. With no theory or proof or anything. The police can't do anything with that even if they wanted to. Yeah, Dom's like, the the most they might do is call social services to go and check, check up on the kids. Yeah, check on these children. And Beth can't even convince herself with the lie that she would be satisfied with that. Like, she's like, nah, I don't buy that. Yeah, nope. This is where she brings up the phone call with Lewis again. Uh, yes. From Florida, from multiple chapters ago. And is like, this is kind of the heart of the real issue for me. Because if the braids cut off Flora's parents so directly, why didn't he just do that over the phone with me? If they sat down with Flora's parents and told them to their face, looked them in the eye and said, we will never see you again and you will never see your grandchildren again, why lie to me over the phone about it? Why invite me to Florida? Why go on and on about Georgina being a teenager? Like, if they wanted us out of their lives... He could have just said, I don't want you to yeah. stop calling. They have the gall to yeah. cut out their family. They would absolutely have the gall to cut out their friends. Yeah. Why go to this extreme? And then also the caters. Why invite her over and lie to her and try to deceive her? Why did Flora run away in the parking lot? Something just isn't adding up in all of this. If it was as simple as the braids don't want me in their life anymore and don't want to tell me what's going on, they could just tell me. Yeah. I might not be satisfied with it, but they could just tell me, mm -hmm. please, Beth, drop it. Go away. Yeah. We don't like you anymore. But instead, there's all of this lying going yeah, on. Yeah, there's this big elaborate ruse, right? Exactly. Dom, again, is like, this still isn't a good enough reason to go on. You should just drop this. And Beth is legit at this point, just like for all of these chapters that we've been living through in this novel so far... You have continuously just been like, this isn't any of our business. I'm not interested. Let's drop it. How are you not as curious about this as I am? And Dom's like, I have a satisfactory answer. And that satisfactory answer is Lewis Braid is weird. And he <laughs> has decided to name his youngest kids after his oldest kids. I don't need more details than that. I buy that. That is an acceptable story. Yeah. And you also have to remember, none of this has happened to Dom also true right? but he hasn't seen anything he's just taking beth's word for it for the most part and yes so are we but we don't know if she actually saw what she saw well we we discussed way back when what sleep deprivation can do to a brain it's true but i mean there has since been some corroborating evidence yeah. and some outside witnesses who are a little more uh a little more reliable than beth is well, true so yes he and dom even admits that something weird is up right yeah. over and over again but he is also able to take a step back and look at what this is doing to Beth and their family. And he's decided that it's not worth it. Well, because Beth is so myop myopically focused on the mystery yes. that she's she's lost sight of the bigger picture. Oh, she has absolute tunnel vision on this. She's so concerned about Xana's schooling, except when that schooling would interfere with her investigation and yeah. taking Xana along. Yeah. Right? Stuff so like that. Dom can step back and see more of the big picture, and she can't. Yeah. 
Dom also says, like, if you can't convince me that someone's in danger, how are you going to convince the police that someone's in danger? And He's got a point. And Beth is like, look, if this is harmless, just an eccentric but harmless situation, Flora wouldn't have run away from me in terror in the parking lot. That extreme fear response doesn't make sense otherwise. So clearly there's something going on. And Dom hits her with a counterpoint that just floors her at this juncture. <laughs> and it's, what if Flora's just scared of you? And Beth is just sent reeling. Like she's she's <laughs> she's hanging on the ropes. Dom doesn't even realize that he's just punched her in the heart there. He's like, no, it's probably not that. And she's like, well <laughs> I have I have something to tell you. And then finally, at long last Finally she tells us what the dark secret is she's been holding on to since chapter one. Why the photograph of the novel. So we cut to out of the bath. Probably just a few minutes later. Probably. Beth has taken Dom to their room and has shown him the last Christmas card they ever got from the Braids. She's ashamed of this one. Yeah. And she shows him the card and Georgina has been neatly cut out of it with a pair of scissors. Georgina's still there. <laughs> yeah. Because she kept the pieces. piece of but... the picture is still in the envelope, just not attached anymore. Uh, Dom is initially a little confused here. He's like, why did they send you a Christmas card with the baby cut out? <laughs> and she's like, no, you idiot. I did that. I did that. <laughs> And then he looks at her and like, why? Yeah. So Beth explains when the card arrived, she actually flew into a fit of pique, basically, and cut out Georgina angrily. And then she immediately just was overcome by shame. And she actually even describes it as having this brief feeling that she had doomed herself and hexed the baby by defacing the card, which might be why Georgina, oh, having died, that's dark. hit her so much. Yeah, because I about that. You're right. She was, she was really floored by the fact that Georgina died at six months old last chapter. Right here, she's like, I kind of, like, I had that voodoo doll sense, like maybe because I'd done something to her picture, it portended ill. <laughs> um, she feels like it was for her fault. Yeah. Because of the picture. Yeah. She recognized it in the moment that she was overreacting, but she couldn't bring herself to dispose of the card, and she just threw it absentmindedly into her handbag. When the braids came over that February, Xana accidentally found the card. She showed it to Flora, like, oh, this is weird. Look what happened. Well, because uh, Beth had sent Xana to retrieve something from yeah. her handbag, and she found the card and brought it with. Thinking that it was just a weird thing. Yeah. And, Not realizing what it meant, because yeah. she was just a child. And, I mean, Flora immediately knew, clearly, Beth did this. Yeah. Um, Beth got super embarrassed and apologized profusely and yeah. tried to explain. And... and and this prompted a bunch of apologies from Flora in turn. Uh, and apparently, the reason why this was the case was because Beth found out about Georgina through the card. Flora didn't tell Beth that she was pregnant. Yeah. Dom... At this juncture is like, does this have to do with your miscarriage? Like, were you jealous of the new baby? And Beth is like, no, 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 no. Again, I'm not upset about the miscarriage. Mm. She continues to protest that. Yeah, I. the lady doth protest too much. But she explains that before each of the other four children, that is Zanna, Ben, Thomas, and Emily, Flora and Beth had told each other immediately when they knew they were pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like, she's, she even kind of, like, half apologizes to Dom. Like, I, I told Flora that I was pregnant with Xana before I told you. And Dom is like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was still the same day. With the pregnancy that led to the miscarriage, uh, Beth had told Flora, but things were already starting to get a little awkward because Lewis's money felt like it was coming between them at that juncture. Yeah, the, the split had already started. Yeah, and when she miscarried, she, of course, also told Flora about that. And in the moment, like, Flora was very comforting to her it felt like the awkwardness maybe fell away and in, at that time she thought maybe the earlier awkwardness was just an adjustment maybe it was a blip yeah. clearly everything's fine 
But then, at Christmas, she got the card, and that's how she learned about Georgina. After defacing the card, she called up Flora and was like, hey, you didn't tell me you were pregnant. And Flora's response was, I, I could have sworn I told you. According to Beth, that's when she knew their friendship was over. Because in December of 2006, before the incident in February, she had previously said that their friendship was done. The February meeting was just like a formality. And that was the last time they had ever seen one another. But this is the conversation that that was the friends off conversation from Beth's point of view. Beth read it as Flora is too rich and too important now. And I was an afterthought and she forgot about me and we're no longer best friends. Dom is like, are you positive that she didn't just neglect to mention the pregnancy because she didn't want to upset you? Yes, I have small issue with that. She may have neglected to tell Beth about the pregnancy, but there was also no birth announcement. It was just the Christmas card. Yeah. That seems kind of weird because Georgina would already have been two months old at that point. Do I have the date right? Uh, she, uh, She was fairly newborn at that point. She passed in April and she was six months old, which means she was probably born in November. Yeah. If I have my if I have my so about correctly. two months old. So she's already two months old. Like you tell people. Yeah. Right. Like especially your that, friends. Yeah. Okay. Maybe she neglected to tell Beth about the pregnancy because she had already moved away at that point. But you'd think she'd have told her I just had a baby. Yeah. Like the birth announcement would have come out. You thought. Yeah. And I mean, Beth even replies to Dom in this moment. No. Like Flora would have known that a Christmas card after Georgina, months after Georgina was born, would be a very hurtful way for me to find out that they'd had another baby. At the time, I just thought that she wasn't thinking about me and that our friendship just wasn't a priority for her. Flora, after that, apparently felt like she needed to make the effort. That's why there was the visit in February. And Beth kind of in the moment felt like maybe they could salvage the friendship, but then the card incident in the kitchen was kind of the stake in the heart of the friendship at that point. And it was just, it was over at that juncture. Yeah, it's hurt feelings on top of hurt feelings and it just yeah this is also kind of the point where beth has an epiphany yes and is curious if maybe defacing the card wasn't the worst thing she ever did to flora maybe she was so focused on how all of this was affecting her and how it was clearly all about her that she never considered what was going on with flora to cause her to neglect the friendship Right. And that maybe Flora was in trouble and this was a cry for help. Well, not or, at the, or at the very least, a she should have... A symptom of the problem? A symptom of the problem. Mm-hmm. And she should have been... And she should have clued in. Dom is like, oh, so you think whatever's going on now started back then. And Beth is like, yeah, I think Flora cut off the friendship because something began before Georgina was born and she couldn't risk me being in her life anymore. Whatever that means. Yeah. Dom, We still don't know what the problem is, but yeah. Beth at least has a new theory. Yeah. Dom says, like, I wish, like, you could have told me about this. I kind of wish you hadn't left me in the dark about this. And Beth kind of apologizes to him. She's like, I'm, I wasn't proud of it. I didn't really want to deal with it. And she admits it. And that's when the phone rings. <sighs> Who's on the phone but Flora Braid? From Florida. From Florida. With because Lewis in the background. Lewis is clearly in the background asking after rom-com Dom. This struck me as a little weird because, as we previously discussed, the UK is about five hours ahead of Florida. So, I mean, yes, they're calling at about 7 o'clock at night, but you'd think they'd know that it's around midnight in England, right? Yeah, but if 
Beth is still the same Beth, Flora knows she'll be up. Fair enough. Still kind of a weird thing to do, yes, to call is. so late. And you'd think the braids might have waited until morning or afternoon to call. But for some reason, they're calling right now, right after Beth has had this adventuresome day. This this call is conveniently timed. Indeed. Like, suspiciously conveniently timed. Very suspiciously because conveniently timed. Because, A, we need something to reinforce that maybe Beth is wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because we always need to question that. Yep. And... B, it needs to happen right at this exact second to reinforce that. And that is, of course, the cliffhanger upon which Chapter 12 ends. Yes. Leading us into Chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you think 13 is going to start? If I were a betting man, <laughs> I would wager that next chapter, Flora is going to fess up that there is something that has been going on and that she apologizes to Beth that she's gotten caught up in it and gives a very plausible, very innocent explanation for everything that just doesn't quite add up. So Beth's going to take it all in, Mm -hmm. talk it out with her family, Mm -hmm. decide that something is wrong, Mm -hmm. and then go and do some more investigating. Exactly. Excellent. So everything's just going to fit neatly into our formula. Yes, that is what I expect is going to happen because it it does fit the formula of the novel so Mm -hmm. far. Well, and we're only uh, halfway... So, our novel. So still still several twists and turns yet to yes, go. Yes, indeed. It's not going to wrap up neatly just yet. Do you have any other crazy conspiracies you want to bring up? I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy pack. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. No, but I am gonna go back to my evil twin theory. That maybe that Maybe we're not dealing with Flora? Yeah. I mean, the maybe Tillotsons... There's, maybe there's another not Flora. The Tillotsons did say that it felt like the Flora who was sitting across from them in their living room the last time they saw her was not the Flora they knew. But on the other hand, you'd think they'd know a Flora... That Flora's parents would know if Flora had a twin sister. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Beth, this chapter posits that maybe whatever is currently going on began before Georgina was born. Yes. So, and and it's weird that Flora never announced to Beth that Georgina was a thing, that she never told her that there was a pregnancy. What if there was never a pregnancy? Are you suggesting they adopted a baby and that it is somehow sinister? Uh, no, because adopting a baby is not sinister. No, but it if, isn't. But if there was something worth hiding, maybe that baby wasn't adopted. No. <gasps> You're suggesting they stole a baby? Maybe they stole a baby. Oh. Uh, regardless of what crazy theories uh, we're currently working with, we're we're still working with very limited information because so much of this puzzle has yet to be revealed to us. So we'll, well have now to... Now we know more of Beth's side, at least. Yes. So maybe next chapter we'll learn a little bit more about Flora's side, or at least what Flora has to say about what's going on at Flora's side. Uh, It'll at least be something. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get right up on that in time for next week. That'll be chapter 13 of our novel. In the meantime, we are, of course, uh, part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Powered by ATB. And we are supported by many sponsors, including, obviously, ATB. But amongst those uh, partners and sponsors for the network is the Edmonton Community Foundation. And they also have a podcast that might just be up your alley. The Well-Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink and produced by Lisa Pruden. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. 
The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. If this sounds like something you'd want to listen to, you can subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Uh, you can check out, of course, all of the member podcasts to the Alberta Podcast Network right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We're also hosted on the CKUA radio app very generously. So yes. if you if you just want to get like a little a little sampler of some of the latest episodes of some yeah. of those podcasts. That's a good way to do it. That is a great way to do it. And there's guaranteed another podcast as part of the network that is going to be right up your oh, alley. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. now is a good time to get into podcasts. There's absolutely. always a good time to get into podcasts. If but you're looking for something to listen to. Now is a particularly good time. A particularly good time. That's Lots right. of people finding themselves with a lot of extra free time on their hands. It's true. While you're downloading those podcasts on your podcatcher of choice, uh, you might want to maybe give us a rating and a review. That's definitely something that helps us out and we would appreciate it. Absolutely. You can also... Drop us a line anytime yeah. you want on social media. We have a cold collection for you. Pick, pick your poison. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Yeah, we're at the readalong at all of the above. You can send us an email if you want way more words than that. Yeah, we're the readalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we'll see you next time. Evil Twin! Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com.